0: What a wonderful song service that we've enjoyed this evening. It struck me that every single song focused around one key figure this evening. A lot of times we sing songs about this world not being our home and about our life as Christians, but tonight every single song had a recurring theme of Jesus Christ as our Lord. And I appreciate the choices of those songs and certainly we 're blessed to be able to sing those songs and to mean those words and I hope and pray that you were edified and built up in your faith tonight by the song service. We thank you for your presence this evening if you 're visiting uh, from local congregations, we certainly appreciate your support of this work and I know I speak on behalf of these brethren that uh, they are very thankful for your presence. Uh, many of you have traveled a great distance uh, to be here we 've got some from channelview texas and Uh, We've got a couple of good friends of mine from Newport, Vermont. So uh, if you haven't had a chance to meet them, please do after the services. uh, Brother Merritt and Sister Bonnie Smith from Newport, Vermont. We're certainly happy to have them with us this evening. If you would, get a Bible and turn in your New Testament to John chapter 15. John chapter 15, and we're going to talk about this evening how important it is to be connected to Christ. We think about salvation and we think about... The idea that Jesus came to save those that were lost, and the mission of Jesus was a very specific mission. It was to redeem mankind from sin. But you know, there are many byproducts from that one thing that Jesus came to accomplish, aren't there? And one of those is that you and I have the ability to call Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Prince of Peace, our personal friend. Now that passage where Jesus says that you can be His friend if you do whatsoever He has commanded you has always kind of bothered me because it puts Jesus into a position that sometimes we can exploit and treat Him like He's just one of our pals that we might hang around with from time to time. And we certainly want to exalt Jesus to His proper place. But you know, that speaks to Jesus' attitude and His humility. That though He was God and though He was the Word that created all things and was all-powerful and was all-knowing, He humbled Himself and He became obedient unto death to the death of the cross. And He did that so that not that you and I would suffer through this life and not that we wouldn't understand and have a relationship with Him, but that we could truly be connected to Christ. You know, marriages fall apart when two spouses, a husband and a wife, aren't truly connected in every aspect of their life. And relationships break down when communication breaks down. And we see that that connection gets stretched. And if it's not repaired and it's not built back to what it should have been founded upon in the first place, we see homes fall apart. Tonight, your relationship with Christ is the most vital relationship that you can have in your life. And how much attention are you giving it? In John chapter 15, Jesus teaches His disciples and speaks to you and I, and says He has to be the primary connection that you have in your life. John chapter 15 and verse 1, He says, I am the true vine. My Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can you, except you abide in me. I am the vine. Ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered. And men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned." If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. Jesus came to have a personal relationship with you. Not a distant relationship. You know, we live in a society where we think technology is able to give us true, meaningful connections, don't we? We think about all the avenues of which we have today to communicate that just 50 years ago they didn't have. My wife can send me pictures of my boys every single day while I'm away from home. We can sit there on our phones and I can look and see her face and I can see my way. We can communicate in so many different ways and we can stay connected. You do I want to tell you something is breaking down because of those things. And it's true meaningful relationships that are built upon time that's spent in the company of another person. I'm not against any of these things per se. But when we use these things as a substitute for the personal connection that Jesus desired to have with us and that He desired for us to have with our fellow man, we're selling short the plan that God had for His people. A true, meaningful connection. And I think when we think about the passage here in John 15, and Jesus said, except for me and except you being me, you can do nothing. How many of you thought about that today? that the number one relationship in your life is with Jesus Christ, and that you could do nothing without Him. We're prideful, aren't we? We think we can do a lot of things. We can be successful. But tonight I'm asking you to make sure that you're connected to the vine. Because it's that vine and it's Jesus Christ that can bring you all the things that are the blessings of God and ultimately connect you with God. You see, Jesus made that proclamation that we've talked about this week in John chapter 14 that there was no other avenue to heaven except through Him. So what would happen to us if we're not connected to Jesus Christ? God has no relationship with us. There are many people who would teach and say that there are other avenues to God, but tonight we want to speak to the Word of God and the truth that we find in His Holy Scriptures. That except you abide in Christ, you have no part in God. And tonight, my plea with you is that you get connected. And Jesus gives us the solution. Focus there on verse 5 that we read. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. Why is it important for us to be connected to God? Number one, to bear fruit. Hadn't God done something good in your life? I don't think you'd be here tonight if He hadn't. Can you look at the lives of other Christians that maybe you look up to who have been in the church, who have done good works, and you say, man, they've produced fruit by the things that they've done for the Lord. And you know why they're able to produce fruit? is because they're connected to God. And Jesus says, if you're connected to me as the vine, I'm connected to God. And what are you going to do with your life? You're going to bear fruit. It's foolproof. You cannot fail if you're connected to God because God never fails. The key is we tap in and connect to that source of success and fruit bearing. I'm reminded of what the apostles were taught that they were to plant and to water, and who was it that gave the increase? God did, didn't He? When we plant and we water and we're connected to God, we trust that God's gonna do His part. He always has and He always will. But your life must produce something. He said there in verse 5 that the same bringeth forth some fruit, a little bit of fruit. He said, much fruit. Now, how do we measure fruit production? Some people will say, well, it's the number of people we convert to Christ. And that may be one avenue and one thing to consider. But tonight I want you to think about your life. Are you a stronger Christian today than the day you obeyed the gospel? If you're not... I would visit with you about getting back and getting connected with God again. Because He said if you're connected to Him, you're going to bring forth fruit. I think that speaks to spiritual growth. I think that speaks to a maturity of a Christian and understanding and, and placing value in the things of God. And I've yet to see a person who truly devoted their life to Christ that they didn't become a better Christian, a stronger Christian, a better father, a better mother, a better spouse. You get the picture. Christ is able to make everything new. The greatest counseling tool that we have, brethren, is the Word of God. It's not psychology. It's not medication. It's not psychiatry. It's the Word of God. Because the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And it's able to what? Pierce the heart of man. And when our heart is pricked it becomes fertile ground ready to receive the blessings of God. But to receive that you've got to get connected. Secondly is there's consequences if we don't bear fruit. You read we read that passage in john 15 and and we think yeah we've got to be connected to the vine and he's the vine we're the branches but look at the consequences of not producing for god and look at how serious he was about your production in his kingdom and in his vineyard john 15 and verse 2 he said every branch in me that beareth not fruit he taketh away If you're not bearing fruit, you're not producing anything good and positive as a result of your relationship with God. You have no relationship with God. And he says eventually every branch that's in him, he acknowledges that, yeah, there are some that are in me. They're not bearing fruit right now and there's going to come a time and what what is he going to do? He's going to remove those. See, he admits that yeah, they were connected to me at one time, but what's happened in their life? <clears throat> Christ came to give us life, the greatest life that can be had on this earth. It's a life that's connected to God. And he says, if you don't bear fruit, if you're not doing anything, eventually he'll take you away. Look at the example in Luke chapter 13. He speaks of the fig tree. Starting in verse 6, he says, "...He spake also this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came and sought fruit thereon and found none. Then said he unto the dresser of his vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down, why cumbereth it the ground? And he answering said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year also." till I shall dig about it and dung it. And if it bear fruit, well. And if not, then after that, thou shalt cut it down. The Lord requires production. How many of you in here, and don't raise your hands, <laughs> but think about it. How many of you in your careers have people that work for you? What do you expect? You expect production. And when you don't get production, what do you do? You have uncomfortable conversations. Maybe not uncomfortable for you, but uncomfortable for the one that's not producing. If you've got an employee that doesn't show up to work or is late all the time and never gets their work done, what do you eventually do? Hire somebody else that's willing to do what? Produce. Where do you think we got that concept from? (laughs) Came from the perfect mind of God. God said He requires production. And He said He uses this example. He says, like He came to a fig tree, and guess what wasn't on it? Figs. You know what I've got in my backyard? Well, used to have a peach tree. And for about the first two or three summers we lived in East Texas, guess what I could get off of it? Peaches. But then there was a year, guess what wasn't there? Peaches. And I said, I'm going to cut it down. But I gave it a year. (laughs) Guess what happened the next year? No peaches. I kept holding out hope. (laughs) At some point, there's going to be peaches. And I worked on it a little bit, sprayed some stuff on it that somebody told me to spray on it because I have no idea what it was. They said, this will save it. (laughs) But then I went out, the next year, and guess what? No peaches. You come to my house today, there is no peach tree in my backyard. Why? didn't produce anything. It just got in the way. Isn't that what the Lord said here about this fig tree? It was just in the way. brethren, when you're not producing anything good, you're in the way. This kingdom, the church, has been in existence long before us. And rest assured that it will continue to strive. It will continue to be here long after we're gone, provided the Lord lets this earth last long enough. None of us are indispensable to the Lord's kingdom. He requires production. He requires some kind of change. And here's the good part. He says, if you're truly connected to Him, you can't help but change. He guarantees success if you're connected to Him. Does God keep His promises? We talk about all the promises. God promises us to be productive. But we've got to do our part. And the first step is making sure that we're connected to God. I ask you the simple question tonight. Are you bearing any fruit in your life? I don't know that answer for you, but you do. You know who else knows? The husbandman. Jesus knows every tree that He's planted. He knows every soul that He's added to His body. Because the Bible tells us that we were added to the body for a purpose of His choosing. You were put in the kingdom to do something, not to just take up space. And I ask, are you producing any fruit tonight? Number three, we understand the basic principle, in fact, that without Him, you cannot live. He's as essential as air. As essential as water. As food, nourishment. We wouldn't go a day without water. We can't go a few minutes without air. And how long do you think you can survive without God? Acts chapter 17 and verse 28 is Paul came to Athens and he sees that the city is given to idolatry and these, these pagan uh, statues to all these gods. And he says, you know, the unknown God that you have a statue for, I can talk to you about Him. All these other ones I don't know anything about, but, but the one you worship ignorantly I can tell you about. And then he makes a statement in Acts 17 and verse 28, and he says, for in Him we live and move and have our being. Can you say that about your relationship with God? You know, I have a dear relationship with my wife, and I don't want to imagine living on this earth without her. And I venture you'd say the same thing about your wives and your husbands. What about your relationship with God? You think you could live a day without Him? How important is it to be connected to God in your life? It's got to be essential. And Paul said, without Him, we can do nothing. And also with Him comes life. Not just the eternal life that God promises, but a life here worth living. I want to tell you, I'll be real honest with you. Not that I haven't been honest before. But what would be the point of life without God? Think about that. We would just be here taking up space, enjoying some of the things that we might have, but then what would be the point? I want to tell you, civilization as we know it would break down. And we would revert to our own natural instinct that I'm going to take care of myself before I think about anybody else. And what kind of world is that? Do we see other countries and nations that live that way? We do, don't we? But as the kingdom of God, we know that we have a higher calling. That we have a higher purpose. We have meaning in life. That's why we appreciate the things we have so much because we understand that we didn't do anything to deserve them. They were freely given to us by Christ. And he says, use them to His honor and to His glory. And he says, with Him, He gives you that kind of meaningful life. 1 John 5 and verse 12 says, He that hath the Son hath life. And he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. You're dead without Christ. You may be breathing... Blood may be flowing through your veins, but you're dead. And guess what? This is all you have to look forward to. How miserable a life would that be? Jesus says, if you come to me, I'll give you life. He said, the thief came to steal, to kill, and to destroy, but I am come that they might have life, and that that life might be an abundant life. Not because we can hoard up this world's riches for ourselves, but because we enjoy the spiritual blessings even in this physical world. See, one day the physical will pass away and all that will remain is what? The spiritual. But today we can taste of that spirit and connect with that spirit even while in a physical body. What a blessing that is. That life has meaning and life has purpose because we have the Son. How focused are you? When it comes to being connected to Jesus Christ, the flip side of that is true also that without Him, we will fail. Psalm 127 and verse 1 says, Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh, but in vain. You try to live your life your way, guess what? You will fail. But all of a sudden, when you submit to the will of God, what do you find? You find meaning, you find purpose, you find success. Not in the terms of the worldly success, but success in the eyes of God. What's more important? Tonight, I want to plea with you to make sure to get connected to Christ now. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. You think about how new everything felt after you were baptized. That's probably the greatest day of your life, wasn't it? To know that you obeyed the gospel of Christ, you had come in contact with his blood. That from if you had died at that very moment, you had heaven in your hands and God would reward you because of your obedience. Was there ever a greater day? But what happens is we continue to live after that day and we forget how wonderful a blessing salvation is. (laughs) He said, All things become new, it's not just a one day experience. He says, You're now brand new, you're a new creation. You're something that didn't exist before. And all of that's possible because you're connected to the Son. Now, 1 John chapter 1 teaches us the idea of fellowship. He says if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with Him, but also we have a lateral fellowship with every other Christian in the world. Do we have fellowship with brethren in foreign countries that we may never lay our own eyes on? You bet we do. Because one day, what we will see? We'll see them. We'll meet them. And every person that's ever died in Christ and every child of God that's dedicated their life to Christ and lived faithfully, one day we'll meet. Why? Because we're connected by something. We're connected by the blood of Christ. If that's heaven, and that's what we long to have, why then do we not appreciate one another here? We often talk about heaven and what's heaven going to be like. And we can read descriptions in the Scriptures, and God tries to reveal, or the writers of the New Testament try to reveal to us some idea of what heaven may be like in physical terms. But the bottom line is this. If heaven has a street of gold, literally, I don't care. If there's a pearly gate there, I don't care. If there's precious stones and jewels, I don't care. All I care about is that Jesus is there. And that my brethren are there. And if that's what heaven is, God gives us the opportunity to enjoy a little bit of that while we're here. And yet I see brethren that are so disconnected from one another that they can't even fellowship and they don't get along and the church suffers because of it. I'm not talking about the congregation here per se. But how connected are you to your brethren? If you don't like spending time with your brethren, you won't like heaven. Because they're going to be there. And all you're going to be doing is being together, worshiping Christ and being with God. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 42, as we see the inception of the kingdom of God, the church, those apostles and those disciples in Jerusalem did something together. In Acts chapter 2, verse 42, it says, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, and in fellowship, and in breaking of bread, and in prayers. They had a commonality among themselves. Who was more important to the brethren, the world or their brethren? Their brethren. In fact, they pulled all their resources, distributed out, so everybody had their needs met. And everybody was provided for. That's fellowship. Now we create opportunities for fellowship, don't we? Last night we hung around after services and that was an opportunity for what? For fellowship. Tomorrow afternoon, after the morning service, we're going to have an opportunity for fellowship. But if the only fellowship you have with Christians are the opportunities that the congregation creates, you're missing out. We ought to be connected every single day. Because when we're connected every single day, as we're connected to Christ every single day, we'll see production, we'll see encouragement, and I'll know when you need something. And too many times I see Christians, and I do this too. I get in trouble or I need something. What do we say? I'll figure it out. I'll take care of it. Instead of saying, you know what, I've got brethren I could rely on. And if I'm open enough, other people are going to identify and say, you know what, I think Chase needs something. Something's not quite right. He's been acting different. I need to talk to Chase. And a lot of times we go and we knock on people's doors and, and I'll just be honest and say, are you okay? <laughs> I've noticed this and this and I just want to make sure everything's all right. And a lot of times people say, well, you don't need to be so nosy. Well, that's my business. It's the Lord's business. And as my brother or sister in Christ, all I'm trying to do is help. And because you're connected to Christ and I'm connected to Christ, guess what? We're each other's business. <laughs> now, that doesn't mean I run your life. That mean you run mine. But I ought to be able to identify if there's something that you might need that I might be able to help you with. And in love, consider that and try my best to help you. Because I'll guarantee you, if you see me in need or doing something wrong or needing help, I want you to come and tell me, hey, I want to (coughs) help. And as we said last night, when we're honest (laughs) about who we are, and we take down the facade will be connected to one another in a real meaningful way. I think the early church was truly connected to each other. And I think it was out of necessity. I don't know that they could have survived without having that kind of connection. So I ask you tonight, can you survive without your brethren? Do you value your brothers and sisters in Christ? The church is a great blessing. We should never see it as a burden. You see, Jesus, our Savior, connected with people. Romans chapter 8, beginning in verse 1, the Bible says, "...there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. The only way for God to truly forgive sin was to come into humanity Himself. Think about that for a second. God, the all-powerful Creator and Maker of all things, inserted Himself into our world. I wouldn't have asked Him to do that. But I do understand that I'm grateful He did. And He came so He could connect with you in your heart. And how does He do that? He does that through His Word today. And through your study of His Word and your understanding, you begin to open your life up to God and you open your life up to your brethren because you see the importance of every soul in the kingdom of God. I love and care every single one of you. Some of you I don't know as well as others, but I want you to understand there's love there. because Why? Because we're connected. In our nation, in our culture, we celebrate diversity, don't we? And we like to point out differences and how we're different and celebrate those things. And, but in the church, we celebrate what it is that ties us together. And that's the fact that we have the Spirit of God within us. See, the things we have in common far outweigh any minor differences that we may have with one another. But to understand and appreciate that, you've got to connect with people. You see, we need encouragement. We must be willing to encourage. How many of you ever suffered secretly with a burden on your heart? And you suffer and you suffer and you suffer and you try to figure out how do I get rid of this? How do I deal with this? And sometimes a simple talk with a brother or sister in Christ does the trick. I've got a handful of people that I guarantee if I need something, they're the first ones I call. And they've yet to let me down. It's not because they're great men or great women. It's because they're children of God. And the fact that they have connected with God allows them to touch my life. And in turn, I ought to be willing to share that and touch others' lives as well. But our society says, you know what? At 5 o'clock in the afternoon, guess what I want to do? I want to get in my easy chair, put my feet up, and turn on that TV. And that's how I spend my evening. I want you instead, I know you're tired but instead take one evening and say, I'm going to go visit somebody I've never visited before and spend some time with them. Jesus truly connected with people because He wanted to encourage them. 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 11, the New King James Version. He says, therefore comfort each other and edify one another just as you also are doing. Do you view that as a commandment of God? We think if it wasn't carved in stone, it's not a commandment of God. The Bible tells us all Scripture was given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. If you read it in the book, you need to live by it. And he says clearly there, comfort each other. You see a brother or sister hurting, try your best to comfort them. Send a card, make a call. Send a text, send a message on Facebook, but don't just do those things. Show up in person. This morning, what did we do? We went over to that children's home right down the street, didn't we? Sang a few songs. Studied briefly. Ate donuts. Drank some juice and milk. Visited with those kids. Played games with those kids. You know what it would be real easy for us to do? Write a check and give it to them. Do they need that? Certainly. Do you know how many of the people that I talked to today, this is my first time to be there. You know how many of them, even the kids, made comments about how much they appreciated people taking time to come and be with them? That's being connected. I'm not saying don't use technology and all those things. But at some level, at some point, you've truly got to connect with people. The secret of evangelism is talk to people about the Lord. And I want you to know you can do that. You may sit there, oh, I can't do it. Yes, you can. You know why I know that is because at some point somebody talked to you about the Lord. And the Lord added you to His kingdom for a purpose. We must get connected to each other. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 16. Think about the chaos that was going on with the children of Israel at this time. And God was about to be silent for some 400 years, wasn't He? Malachi 3 and 16, the Bible says, Then those who feared the Lord spoke to to "To one another. And the Lord listened and heard them. So a book of remembrance was written before him for those who fear the Lord and who meditate on his name. Those that feared the Lord did what? They talked to each other. What do you think they talked about? I imagine the Lord. (laughs) Something important. One of my favorite parts of the service is after the service. Because you hear people talking about the Scriptures, don't you? We get here to church and we shake hands and we say, how was your day? But then after the service, what do we do? What do you think about this passage? Chase was wrong on this. <laughs> Brother Zebog. <laughs> but what are we talking We're talking about the most important thing there is to talk about. The relationship we have with God through His Word. There's no better thing we can do than to speak to one another about the Lord. How do we get connected? I want to give you some practical things to do. Number one, come to church. You're here on a Saturday night. And you're to be commended for that. But you know, every time these doors are open, be here. Get connected and be a part of what's going on in the congregation. You can't do that if you're not here at the services. 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 26 says, How is it, brethren, whenever you come together, each of you has a psalm, has a teaching, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. Let all things be done for edification. The reason you come to church, the reason you come to the services is to be built up. And when you put something else before coming to the worship service of God, you're telling God, I don't need to be built up or I don't want to be built up tonight or this morning or whenever the church gets together. Come to church. You'll see that connection begin to grow, the connection with God and the connection with your brethren. Number two, study in your homes together. I don't know how many times I've heard this week, we've got this study and that study, and man, that's awesome. Because guess what? I go to a lot of places and I say, who's doing studies? Well, we had one about four years ago. And guess what? That congregation and those congregations aren't growing. They're taking up space. But when you're involved in each other's lives to the point that you're willing to get together and open up the book to study and to learn and to grow with one another, you can't help but produce something positive with that. Acts chapter 5 and verse 42 says, And daily in the temple and in every house they cease not to teach and to preach Jesus Christ. Every day. What were they focused on? They were focused on Jesus. Do you study your Bible every single day? These people not just were studying and preparing themselves for the mission that was in front of them, but they were doing it where? In every house. That means they were connected to one another. Their doors were always open to their brethren. And they enjoyed the time that they had together. Number three, visit your brethren. Visit your brethren that are sick. Visit your brethren that are in need. Visit your brethren in other places. I used to say if there's a gospel meeting within 100 miles, go at some point. I'd stretch that to 150. You know why? Because I drove from my house to Oklahoma City and back in one night to go watch a basketball game. I know. It was S-T-U-P-I-D. That's the S word at our house, so we don't say that. But I left my house in time to get to Oklahoma City at 4 o'clock, watched the basketball game, left at 10 o'clock and drove all the way home and got up and went to work the next morning. Why? Because I wanted to go to that basketball game. Well, brethren, if there's a gospel meeting, you better want to go to that gospel meeting too. And the reason I extended 150 miles is it's about the closest congregation that's to us in Gallatin. (laughs) But do you enjoy going to other places and seeing other brethren? This congregation, I want you to look out tonight and see the people who came to support you. When they have a meeting, go support them. Just because you're in Amarillo and they're in some other city doesn't mean that you're not connected in your brothers and sisters in Christ. We're all one in Christ Jesus all over this world. John 12, verses 1 and 2 says, Then six days before the Passover. So understand this is before Jesus celebrates the final Passover with his disciples. Six days before that, where was he? Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus was who had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. Why did Jesus go to Bethany? To visit with Lazarus. There they made him a supper. And Martha served, but Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. You know why I have this in here? It shows us an example of the Son of God going and having supper with people he cared about. And that was important, wasn't it? What do you think Lazarus and Jesus talked about? <laughs> Maybe Lazarus, why'd you bring me back?" <laughs> but there was some reason because Jesus saw the importance of going and visiting who people he loved, his brethren. When's the last time you shared a meal with the brethren? When's the last time you had someone from the church over to your house for supper? Would you do it for Jesus? I've been well taken care of this week. I want you to know that. Every morning I had eggs and oatmeal. Every day about noon, I had a lunch appointment. Every evening, we had dinner appointments. And I just think, man, what would these brethren do for Jesus? We'd fall all over ourselves to do something for Jesus, wouldn't we? Do it for your brethren. Because Jesus said, when you've done it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. You see, the way we treat our brethren ought to reflect the way that we would treat Jesus Christ. Consider that this evening. We must spend time with God and we must spend time with one another. And here's the bottom line. You make time for what's important to you. I sit there all the time and say, I just don't have enough time. Guess what? You make time. You figure out some way to manage your time and manage your life in such a way that God has His place, He has His time, your family has their time, and your brethren get their time. And if we'll get rid of all the other things that take up our time that aren't necessities of life, we'll see ourselves with a lot more time to do the work and the things of God. But it starts with being connected. And tonight I ask you the question, are you connected with God? Or is God just a friend that you visit from time to time? I've got... I'm not saying this to brag or anything, I promise. I looked onto my Facebook just the other just to check, and there's 400 and something friends. And I said, if you, had, I couldn't name 400 friends. <laughs> now, if you're on my, you're my friend, if you're here and you're on my, you're, you're one of my real friends. There's a lot of people on there that I hadn't seen in 12, 15 years. But it says they're my friend. I'll tell you who my friends are. My friends are my brethren. In Christ. And our greatest friend is the Lord Himself. Are you connected to Him? Are you struggling to understand and and find and seek out the true meaningful life that the Lord came to give? The abundant life? If you are, come to Him. He'll provide it. He's never let us down. He never will. And when He promises to give something, He fulfills that promise. And He says, come to me. All ye that labor in a heavy land, I will give you rest. His yoke is easy, His burden is light. And sometimes we flip that around. Say His yoke is hard and His burden's heavy. It's not what Jesus said. And all He says is come to Him. It's not, you have an opportunity. If you're here and you've never been baptized into Jesus Christ, I want to tell you, you're missing out on a great connection. It's the connection to God. And through your obedience and baptism, He adds you to His body, His church, and makes you His child. And you instantly inherit thousands of brothers and sisters in Christ that love you. People want to belong to something. And tonight, there's nothing greater to belong to than the Lord's church. And He'll add you tonight through your obedience. And if you're here and you've obeyed the gospel, but... Maybe you're struggling to find your place. Your place is right here among the people of God. And we want you to come to Him. And we want to pray on your behalf that you don't struggle with purpose and meaning, but that you understand that you're important and that you have value to God and to all your brethren here tonight. And if we can serve you or assist you with any spiritual need, Make it known while we stand and sing.